Hello, LifePoint Youth. It is so good to see you once again. Uh, we're here kind of in a different setting. We have this nice, lovely plant here. Um, there's some stuff you can't see off screen. You'll be checking those out. If you, uh, if you are watching our devos, you'll be able to see the fact that we have a lot of really cool stuff coming in. And, uh, and, and we're switching up a lot, man. We're starting to really find a groove with this whole online experience. And we're just so excited that you are here joining us uh, tonight. Man, I, uh, I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite weeks, despite the, the, the crazy circumstances. Holy Week is such a, an important time of reflection and just being able to sit and really um, uh, process this week from, from Palm Sunday, which was this past Sunday, uh, where Jesus rides in and, and is exalted as the king all the way to Good Friday, where, um, where he is, is uh, arrested, beaten, crucified, killed, and then obviously Easter Sunday. It's just a, the progression of this week is so, so, so cool. And so uh, with that, as, as we're uh, going through our cross and the, the cross and the grave, uh, which is our new series we started last week looking at Old Testament prophecy. Now we're going to start to look at a little bit of not necessarily New Testament prophecy, um, but, but it is very uh, foretelling of, of Jesus. It's these predictions and these, these warnings that, that he gives his disciples throughout the book of Luke. Uh, about his his coming arrest and and execution, and so um, if you have your Bibles, and uh, we're going to be in uh, chapter nine, and we're going to go through uh, verse twenty one and twenty two, and then we're also going to stay in chapter nine with forty three and forty five, and then we'll go uh, later on in Luke, and I'll prompt you guys so that you guys don't uh, miss out on that. But before we get into anything, I'd like to just ask a question. And uh, you can answer in the comments and, and kind of talk this through. But have you ever had any sort of news that you straight up ignored or you filtered through your own head? Just think about that for a little bit. Maybe it was a test score that didn't go the right way and you thought, you know what, I'm going to forget it and it's gone. And then you look at your report card or you, you get sent home with that test or maybe there's a note or a phone call and it's like, oh, I couldn't really escape that. You see, it's kind of funny as, as I've grown up, it's become more and more easy, even, even just in my lifetime, to filter out the, the, the things that we don't want to see. Whether that's news, whether that's social media, whether that's videos, whether that's uh, whatever. There, there is so much content out there and there's so much ability to personalize it that you don't even have to see stuff that, that is on, uh, for example, Netflix or YouTube, or Facebook, or news sites, like that you don't have to see certain content, and you can set your preferences to that. You see, it's, it's kind of a crazy thing, but, but even as we change and set our filters and all that kind of stuff, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the reality around us has changed. Just because we don't uh, uh, pay attention to it doesn't mean that it's, it's not happening. So forgetting, I, I, I just think of a time when I was in school, and I'm sure you guys can relate because this has happened to me several times in school where I would uh, procrastinate and not do a, a presentation or something that was like, hey, man, if you don't do this, like people are going to know, you know. And and I remember not setting up for this presentation, not doing anything. And then I'm looking and watching all these people who are prepared and they're prompt and they got PowerPoints and all sorts of presentations and 
and I haven't done anything. And I thought, you know what? Um, this was a bad idea to just forget it and act like it wasn't a thing or that it wasn't coming and it totally came and I totally wasn't prepared and I totally got a bad grade on it. You see, it's these type of things that, that allow us to sometimes filter out what we don't want to see or what we don't want to hear and then we can just move on. But, but that doesn't necessarily change the reality of the situation. So as, we, as you guys are turning in Luke chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 21. But I want to just explain a little bit about what's happening and what's going on. Um, in Luke, uh, it was written at 60 to 80 AD. So it's, it's an older uh, gospel. It was intended to show the extension of Jesus' plan of salvation to include all of the Gentiles. That's an important aspect of what Luke was doing. Luke's entire um, uh, method of, of how he shared the stories was to point to the fact that Jesus was a savior for everyone. He wasn't just a savior for the Jews. He wasn't just coming for the Jews. He was coming to redeem everyone. That's really good news. That's why the gospel of Luke for me is so uh, amazing to read through. And, and as we read through these three passages in Luke, we're going to see that Jesus reveals to the disciples about his forthcoming death and suffering. And, and he has to repeat himself over and over and over. And you're thinking, man, why would Jesus ever have to repeat himself? Let's find out. Let's find out. So in, um, in chapter 9, uh, verse 21, he has just asked the disciples, many of you are probably familiar with this story, but if you're not, Jesus is sitting around with his followers and the disciples and he asks, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Uh, and, and he says this and they're, they're coming up with all sorts of things. They're saying he's, he's John the Baptist. He's Elijah. He's, he's a prophet from long ago who has come back and, and, and reincarnated. Like they're coming up with some really crazy things that they're, that they're saying here. And what they're really saying is, man, you are, you are up there with the greats of the faith. You're up there with the John the Baptist. You're up there with the Elijahs. You're, you're one of the great prophets of our time. But then Peter goes on and he says, no, 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 no. He says, you're the son of God, the Christ of God. And then in verse 21, this is what it says. It says, Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law, and he must be killed on the third day and raised to life. And then he goes on to say uh, things about how they're going to have to deny themselves and take up their cross daily. That's another verse that is really familiar to you if you have grown up in church. And if you haven't, that's really the foundation of who we are as Christians. You know? And so why would, why would Jesus, being the Messiah, being the Savior, and they finally recognize it, at least Peter does for this brief time, he recognizes, man, you're the son of God. Why would Jesus kind of pump the brakes on that? And this is because there are intentionally hidden missions. And there was an intentionally hidden mission, especially for Jesus' life. You see, after Peter reveals who, who he was, the disciples and the, and the followers were instructed to wait. And it was because Jesus wanted to give God all of the possible glory that was there. He knew, remember we were talking a couple weeks ago about Lazarus and he let Lazarus pass away because he knew that that miracle was going to work wonders for faith because healing a sick person is amazing and that's a miracle in and of itself. But there's something really special when someone passes away and has been dead for four days 
And Jesus comes in and calls him back to life. That's incredible. That's truly something only the Son of God could do, right? And so along those same lines, Jesus knew that, that God was going to receive more glory. The Father was going to receive more glory through his death and resurrection without really gaining the prominence. Obviously, Jesus did. We see there was some level of prominence that Jesus gained because he was ridden in on a donkey and, and he, was, he, was, he, was, he was beheld as the king. But he didn't go around explain, explaining that very publicly. It was very pointed and it was very much pointing to, to what was to come. You see, the wonders that would attain, attend his death and resurrection, that was going to be the most convincing proof of Christ being who, exactly who he said he was going to be, which was the Son of God. It was intentionality behind hiding the, the Messiah, the, the Messiah uh, 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 that status that Jesus held. God wanted to make sure that it was clear that Jesus was who he said he was without any of the other sideshows, without any of the other things going on. I think for me, just personally, just to kind of relate this to, to maybe you uh, at home, uh, I, I love video games. Uh, I love sports titles, but there's one in particular, and my former youth pastors and some of my stu uh, fellow students and stuff that I graduated with will tell you this. There's one game, one game that I hold above all the rest, and that is Madden. Man, I love Madden. I remember being a middle schooler. I was a two-time champion. I was going for my three-peat, lost in the championship, sadly. Um, but, like, I loved Madden. And I remember playing in tournaments as a kid. There was a GameStop tournament, and I kind of just held my composure together. My little 12-year-old self, my dad walked me in, made sure I didn't get beat up after I was beating on fools uh, in the game, man. I was going crazy, dude. And... But I never said anything, and I never bragged about it. I just was playing. I was very focused. I was in there, and, and I'm watching, you know, I'm sitting here as a 12, 13-year-old, and I'm watching these grown men get super mad at me for, for being good at the game. But the reason that, that I gained, they, they, actually, they actually called me, uh, uh, they were like, hey, man, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the dude. That's what they called me. I said, man, whatever, dude. They're like, no, 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 you are, you are. I'm like, whatever, man. And uh, I remember that, but, but, but all, of those, all of those things came together because, because I didn't talk that much. I wasn't going around saying I won in this tournament. I beat everybody in my youth group. I beat my youth pastor. I did all these things. Like, I wasn't going around and saying that. I was just focused in on the game. And I was hiding that intentionally because I knew that I was going to be good enough to beat most of the guys there. And I didn't talk it up or brag or do anything like that. I wouldn't, didn't make myself into a sideshow. I just was very focused. And that's the way Jesus was throughout his entire life. And that's why this first warning kind of, it, it, it seems when you're reading it a little passive. It seems like it's just kind of glossed over. You see, Jesus wasn't on mission for the fame or the prominence, not at all. He was intentionally hidden to show that it wasn't about what he was doing, but what the Father was doing through him and what the Father would, uh, would accomplish uh, with, with, through him in, in his death on the cross. You see, Jesus it, it, it was working in something that seemed very mundane and very ordinary. We'll get into this a little bit later. 
But that's really, God continues to do that even today. He continues to work in the mundane and the ordinary. And this is to show how great he is when he chooses to reveal himself. The same way like we were talking a a little bit earlier about Lazarus, man. He waited to intentionally show, hey, I am who I say I am. Jesus is who he says he is. He has the power and you guys should should follow him and and, and listen to, to what he says when he says I'm the king of kings. So that's the first warning. There's, there's a couple more that Jesus actually uh, goes through. And, and we're going um, to read this second one here in verse uh, 30, 43. I'm sorry, 43. And what has happened before this is that there was a, 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 a boy who was demon-possessed. And Jesus calls this demon out of this boy. And the demon actually says like, oh, oh, you're, you're the son of God. And, and he, he shuts up the, the demon yet again. And he rebuked it and, and he healed the boy. He gave him back to his father. He restores him. And then he sits the disciples down again in 43. This is what it says. They were amazed at the greatness of God. While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to the disciples, listen carefully what I'm about to tell you. The son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. And they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it. And they were afraid to ask about it. And so there's this second point here of don't put on blinders. Don't put on blinders the same way that the disciples did. We'll get into this a little bit. We'll unpack it. You see, Jesus states again that he's going to die a horrible death. He's going to be beaten and humiliated by wicked men. And this is directly after he, he performs another miracle. Notice the pattern here. That after there's a revelation or there's a miracle of who Jesus is, he sits them down and kind of brings them back down. This is because the disciples, they didn't understand. They had already crafted this idea of who Jesus was going to be and what he was going to do for them. How he was going to be the king of kings. He was going to sit on a throne and they were going to sit at his right and left and they were going to be the council around the king. They were preparing for that. They were ready for it, especially Judas. Especially Judas. They were, they were ready for this worldly kingdom that was going to come, that Jesus was going to establish. Because that's what everyone had envisioned when they were waiting for the Messiah. They looked at it and they said, okay, this is going to happen. They had it all mapped out. They had it ready to go and they brushed off Jesus's words as he's saying, I'm going to die this horrible death. Guys, listen. And they brush it off because they thought he was going to just conquer it easily the same way that he did everything else. Turn water into wine, easy. Raise people from the dead, easy. So it's like when he says, I'm going to die this horrible death, they go, okay, whatever. But we didn't even listen to it and actually understand what it meant. Jesus was trying to warn them that the works that he was doing wasn't going to be enough to save them. That's why it's the timing thing is so important here. That's why it's after a revelation or after a miracle that Jesus is saying, listen, this stuff does not matter. This is going to happen. Whether you like it or not, prepare for this. He was trying to warn them. And, and, and they didn't see it willfully. They didn't see it. They put the blinders on. You guys know horses, when they, when they race, uh, I'm, I'm from Kentucky, so we have the Kentucky Derby that's massive. It's kind of weird that it's scheduled for September, but whatever. 
you know, these horses will put on the blinders to where they don't see anything else. Because if they saw what was to the right and to the left, they would be freaked out and they wouldn't go as fast as they do and, and run the way that they do. And the disciples are kind of doing the same thing. They're putting on blinders and saying, I don't care what's to the right and to the left. I have this idea and this is what's going to happen. And they're not listening to the man who, who they're supposed to be following and hanging on every word of, of his. I don't know about you, but I daydream a lot. <laughs> I, uh, I get excited for things. Like, like, if I'm excited for something, I'm excited for it. Like, like I'm not passive either way. I, if I either don't like something or I absolutely love it and I want to see more of it and I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, I've shared uh, a lot of times that uh, I, I, I watch movies a lot and uh, I love movies. I'm, I'm the type of guy, I think I've shared this before, I'm the type of guy who gets on IMDb and looks up the trivia and who was going to be casted in this instead of this or any squabbles that people had or what significant scenes mean to like the, the director or the writers and things like that. That's just kind of who I am. And I think of, um, I think of Batman and Superman, this movie that came out in 2016, right? Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But it's a perfect example of people putting on blinders, especially the fanboys and the, 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 the people who only wanted to see something good. You see, people had waited for Batman and Superman to be on the same screen in a live action. They'd been on cartoons and stuff. But they were waiting for this Batman-Superman uh, 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 movie, this team-up movie that they were going to get. And finally, they announced it, uh, and they shot the movie, and they, they released it in 2016, and People were so excited about this because it was finally Batman and Superman on the same screen, live action. We were going to be able to see it. But the movie wasn't that good, <laughs> straight up. Like, I don't know, maybe you have different opinions. I don't know. I, to me, it just wasn't good. It was convoluted at best. I think there are certain things that you can watch and see in that movie that are, that are okay, but for the most part, not good. But see... As this movie was playing out and people were going, oh, this is really not what we thought it was going to be. There was this section of people who were so excited for this Batman and Superman movie that it didn't care. They could have done anything on the screen and they would have loved it. These super boys, these super fans, these, these people who were ready for this interaction, man, nothing was going was to deter them from calling this a great movie simply because of the casting and, and who was in it, Batman and Superman. And I think... A lot of times we do that in our own life with, with things where, where we hype up stuff in our head so much that it's not even the reality of the situation anymore. And the disciples, they clearly had blinders on as they're listening. You know, you read throughout the, all of the Gospels and there's numerous fights and there's arguments about who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Who is going to sit at the right hand of the Father? How, who is going to be perceived by Jesus as the most holy or the best? Of the, of, the, of the bunch. And, and they didn't even hear what Jesus was saying, that he was going to die a horrible death. He was going to, to die for, for their sins and, and, and he was going to suffer a lot. And he was saying that and they were like, whatever, uh, it's fine, it's not going to happen. They had their blinders on, they, they didn't see it. And that leads into this next part in this third warning. You jump all the way to chapter 18, um, and it's verse, uh, verse 31, and uh, goes down to 34. 
And again, Jesus is, is, is talking, he is, he is teaching, he is uh, doing all of the, the things. The rich young ruler has just come and asked how he inherits the kingdom. And Jesus tells him, like, it's really hard for rich men to, to go. You have to go and sell, uh, sell all of your possessions because he knew this man's heart. And after this, he talks about eternal life. He talks about uh, who is, who's going to inherit the kingdom. And then he, he presents another warning. It says here in verse 31 of chapter 18, Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles and they will mock him, insult him, spit on him and flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. And this is the, this is to me is one of the saddest verses about this thing. And this is in 34. It says the disciples did not understand any of this. His meaning was hidden from them and they did not know what he was talking about. You see, anytime you're, you're in this and you have those blinders on, you have to take them off and read the full story. And that's this last point that I want to bring to you guys. You have to read the full story and be aware of the full story. You see, the same scriptures that foretold Jesus and his amazing works, foretold the Messiah and, and all of the great things that he was going to do. There's all sorts of f- fulfillments that Jesus uh, w- was able to, 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 to work into his ministry. All these prophecies that were fulfilled. But there was also, we learned about it last week in Daniel. Just as there was a prophecy about him coming, there were prophecies and words about his death, about how he was going to suffer, about what was going to happen and how he was going to be handed over. It was plain to see in the Old Testament. They had the Old Testament at this point. The disciples, the Jews, the, the, the people who were reading uh, scriptures, like their Bible was only the Old Testament. That was all they knew. And it was plain to see in the Old Testament that the disciples and the followers could read. It was actively available for them. They just chose, like everyone else, not to read it or not to listen to it. What Jesus told them, again, was so contrary to the notions that they had of the Messiah and His kingdom that all they could do was balk at it because their expectations were so much different than what Jesus was actually saying. And they were intent upon these prophecies that spoke of his glory. They were so intently looking at that that they forgot and they overlooked those prophecies, those words that foretold his suffering. You see, Jesus, Jesus was still fulfilling the scriptures. It just didn't look the way that they thought. It didn't look like the way that they had envisioned a king coming. So what did they do? They cherry-picked and they left out scriptures that laid Jesus' death out just as clearly as his coming. Imagine, imagine reading a book or watching a movie. Here I am talking about movies again. Imagine reading a book or watching a, a film and, and leaving out the parts that caused the conflict. One of my favorite childhood movies is, um, is Toy Story. I used to think I was Andy growing up. But imagine that movie, Toy Story, but there's no Sid Buzz never gets kicked out of the window. They don't get left at Pizza Planet. Think of, of how that definitely changes the story. And if you take out those scenes, you look at Toy Story and you go, man, they, were, they had it made. They were awesome. It was, it was amazing. It was an amazing story. But those of us who actually see the full 
scope of this go, no, there's actually a demented kid next door who destroys toys and, and Buzz gets kicked out of a window and causes all this, this chaos in the, in the room. Like, there's a clear story there. And it's so, it would make no sense for us to read a book or to watch a movie or to tell any story and leave those key parts out just because we don't like them. Just because we, we don't want that conflict there. People do this, especially with scripture in the modern day context. A lot of us, and, and I'm guilty of it as well. I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, distancing myself from this. A lot of times people read their Bibles by the halves. They leave scripture out. They, they basically tear these, these scriptures out. They tear what they don't like out. And they don't read it and they don't pick it up and they don't listen to it. And, and when we do this, we miss out on the full story of what is actually going on. The same way that the disciples missed out on what Jesus was really saying. I think you even go further in the, in the story here and, and, and you see their unwillingness to pray with Jesus and to be with Jesus on the night of his betrayal. In a couple of days, we're about to celebrate Good Friday. You see this and they're unwilling to do anything with Jesus while he's praying. They go to sleep instead. You match this, 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 this notion of like, oh, I'm just going to rest and I don't really need to be with Jesus. Man, if, if they only listened to what Jesus was saying, they would be right there with him. And then you read that story of how they, they were unwilling to pray with him. And they know, we know that that was the, the catalyst for why they all spread and left. That was the catalyst for why, why Peter denied Jesus. All of it stemmed from this unwillingness to really read the full story and not be prepared for what was coming. They were living in, in a fantasy land of, 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 of what, was, what they had envisioned Jesus was going to be when he was plainly telling them what was happening. So I think as we are in the middle of Holy Week now to just know Man, we have to read the full story. That's why I love Holy Week so much. There's so many aspects of the story. There's Jesus' there's proclamation of his kingship when he walks into Jerusalem. There's this amazing service that, he, that he, he shows towards the disciples in washing their feet on Thursday night. And then we read the, the horrible part on Friday where he's arrested in the middle of the night, beaten and killed, uh, beaten and tortured and killed, laid to rest for three days. And then we see, we see this amazing thing happen on Sunday when, when he rises from the dead. He defeated death. And all of, all of the victory that, that we have is because of the work on the cross and because of his resurrection. But, man, there's, there's clearly, clearly there was there was there was this act of Jesus warning his disciples and telling them they didn't listen. So we need to make sure that as we are going through this, we're not cherry picking out the parts that we don't like, but we tell the full story. And we do that throughout the whole of scripture. That we don't leave out parts that we don't like. We don't uh, uh, rebuke words from, from the mouth of Jesus or from the Holy Spirit that he's convicting us with, we don't rebuke them and, and, and discard them, but we actually receive them 
and, and, and we, we, we walk in them in confidence that what it is, is is really good, even when it seems like it's not. And so that's what I, I would like for us to do moving forward is just to be able to, to not have blinders on and to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying in us the same way that, that Jesus was telling the disciples this. And, and I encourage you to read your word with this Holy Week. Re- read out the remaining story and don't leave anything out. Read the full thing because you'll get that, that full grasp of, of the weight of Jesus' death and, and the amazing triumph of his victory uh, in, in his resurrection. Let's pray. Let's pray and, and drop, your, drop your prayers in the comments. Um, if I skip over them during the live stream, uh, I'm sorry. I will be going back at the end to uh, be able to make sure that we're picking up on everything. Sometimes the comments don't always go through, but still leave them down because I will, I will be praying with you and agreeing with you in those things. Father, we thank you so much for, for who you are. We thank you that you sent your son on the cross to die a death that we deserved so that we could have a relationship with you. Thank you that you clearly laid out what was happening and, and, and the disciples didn't listen to it because they had envisioned so much that was contrary to what Jesus was actually saying. So Father, I pray that we would never do this in our own life. I pray that any word that comes from you, any word that comes from the Holy Spirit that prompts us, Lord, we would receive it. Lord, even if we look at it and we go, oh, I don't like it, or oh, that's bad, or, or whatever. Lord, we receive everything that it is that you have for us, every single thing. And Lord, let us not leave Scripture out. Let us not uh, tear it out of our Bibles and, and, and discard it. But Father, let us read the entire story because it's so good. It's so good for us. We thank you. We thank you. I pray for each and every student that's watching this, any parent that is watching it, anybody else who is coming across this stream. Lord, I, I pray blessing over them in this time. Lord, I, I pray that you would, uh, you would be with them and you would uh, allow them this time to grow in their relationship with you as they are isolated and, and, and removed from some of the normal things that we're used to. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word. We, we hang on every single bit of it. And we can't wait to dig into it more. Thank you for, for, for sending your son on the cross as we, as we walk through Holy Week. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, thank you so much for watching uh, this live stream or maybe you're listening to our audio podcast. You can check out our audio podcast on uh, uh, Spotify, iTunes, or, or Apple Podcasts. Um, Google Play as well, uh, and, and you can listen to the, to the replays of these and share a friend, share it with a friend. You can work out or go on a walk with it. It's, it's amazing. That's what I do uh, to go back and listen to it just because uh, I, I kind of preach to myself, and it's a really cool opportunity to do that. So all you have to do is search LifePoint Youth audio podcast and that's it and then you'll find it and you can listen to it you can even go back and, and listen to all of the ones that we've done throughout the year man it's it's incredible to see God work in the words that he he brings uh to us and, and, and it's awesome you can also follow us on Instagram at lpyouthaz uh follow us there man we have some really cool stuff going we just unveiled a new weekly schedule uh so excited about what we have uh coming through uh throughout the week there and we're just really uh pumped for that and so you can check us out there uh and then you can also 
uh, follow another podcast that I host personally called Engaging the Culture. Um, this is a podcast that I actually have been just so busy that we haven't uh, had a chance to record some episodes, but we are going to do two episodes uh, this weekend for you guys so to be able to, to listen and digest and, and think upon, and then we'll get back on track uh, again next week. But it's so exciting, and we just talk about a lot of things. Maybe you're a youth pastor who's watching this, or, or a church leader, or a volunteer, and you would like some resources, man. That's what we're trying to do on that podcast as well. So please join us there, um, and uh, check out our, our weekly schedule that we have, man. So excited for what we have coming down the pipe. So excited to see you uh, on Friday, students for our uh, lunch table Zoom meeting and, and things like that, man. It's, it's so, so cool. And we'll see you back here on Facebook next week with another great word. Can't wait to be with you. And thank you so much for joining me tonight.